up soul warriors welcome to this saturday night soul session with me reverend lc and i got such an amazing guest here for you tonight you know this is the season of creating a life you love and i promised you i was going to bring you ways and human beings that can help guide in those ways to help you truly understand how to create a life you love and seasons past we've covered the get up from your give up part but this season, I really, really am really embracing creating a life you love. So tonight's guest is no different. I mean, just exceptional human being that's helped me so much in my own soul's growth, in my own journey. And it just goes to show that when we're creating content, um, that we really can help just empower other people that we really, really can help other people grow that all content is not just <clears throat> shorts and whatever that we really in those shorts and in that short little amount of time, you can really tell a lot about a person's soul and we can really be helping people. And this lady's no different. Uh, Tandy. Gutierrez is a master Pilates instructor, strength and conditioning coach, author, psychic intuitive channel, tarot reader, astrologer, podcast host, and entrepreneur. She helps souls like me empower themselves to dismantle the internalized patriarchy and heal core wounds through practical and magical self-care. See, I told you she's in the right space. That's what we love to do here. Tandy's online uh, studio, unicornwellnessstudio.com. It offers you a one-stop shop for your spiritually-minded wellness, offering workouts and tarot and astrology and so much more. And Tandy believes, and I agree, that if you're not tending to your vessel, you are not tending to your magic. And you, my friends, are the magic. Tandy's podcast, The Magic Spark, is for the open-hearted magic makers seeking to cultivate consistent soul growth, healing, wellness, and quite frankly, the highest expression of your soul in this lifetime. I'm so honored and grateful that she's going to come here today. We're going to have a conscious conversation all about soul healing. It's going to go wherever it wants to go, and that's the magic of this show. So if you guys are ready... We're ready. Let's go. have to do some editing anyway because i don't know what's happening <laughs> we the eclipse this week big time <laughs> oh that's right that's right this is crazy this never happens and i'm like looking down there at you going is it playing on your end <laughs> Totally. Well, I was just sitting here watching because I'm like, that is one of the most beautiful intros ever. And like, we're talking about content creation. I'm like, that is gorgeous and so fun. So maybe it just needed to be seen a little bit more. Maybe, maybe. So many things on my end, I'm away from home. So, so many things on my end are different because I'm working from this uh, laptop and it it always, I think it's not playing on my end. Then I watch it back and think, oh, I played it twice because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think it was playing. I didn't think it was playing. The Wi-Fi is terrible here. But Tandy, welcome to Recovery Soul Food. I am so excited to have you here. I think you offer so much to just the healing community as a whole and everything that you offer and you do it in such an amazing authentic way and that's so important to me 
that you are your, your absolute self and that you do what you love and that you're offering what you love to the world and that you share about your family. And uh, I thank you for what you do. And I thank you that you're here because this audience will just embrace you. It's amazing. So tell us about yourself. Like, tell us about you and how you came to be this amazing oh, soul. I came to be. Well, this is a this is a big day. Um, no, first <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me. I was so delighted. There was no hesitation in saying yes because we've always had this cosmic connection. You yes. know, I feel like, and I was like, yeah, let's. What kind of magic are we going to make today? So, um, I'm delighted to be here. How did I come to be? I mean. How long do you have? I am probably older than everyone thinks I am. So I, <laughs> I, I, to be. I have had a very diverse career, um, but I do think that I came to be from initiation, right? I'm mm -hmm. adopted and I was adopted into a family that had a very interesting path um, that I you know, how much can we hold here kind of thing in terms of shadow work and healing that really needed to happen. But it really did begin with the fact that I'm adopted. Um, the family that I was adopted into, I experienced a lot of abuse of all kinds from the mother who raised me. That is not to say that everything was all bad, but it was a lot. Um, it was a family that had a lot of resources at that period of time. And the father who raised me was indicted and went to federal prison and oh, lost wow. it all. Um, it was on the cover of the local newspaper. I was a child, you know, within the time that it was happening from ages eight to 13. So these are very formative years, right? This is a very retrospective yeah. Like, how did I get to where I am? It's very much based in healing work and it's very much based in my own shadows and my own struggles. And so I think that, um, you know, as I got older, my whole goal was like, you know, the wound of worthiness of, of trying to heal that. And so most adoptees pick two paths. They either pick the perfectionist path of I'll be so amazing. No one will ever reject me again right? Over, over performers, straight A students. I mean, that was, that was me. That was the route I chose to, to take in things. Um, and so there were things that I loved to do. I was a performer, but I was ultimately just trying to run away from home, right? Just trying to escape. And I chose a route uh, that was constructive instead of destructive, right? I went to college, <laughs> but I had no plan. <laughs> you know, like I didn't have a plan. I just knew that if I got in and I had scholarships that they couldn't say no, and that was an excuse to get out um, okay. of the scenario that was still there. The mother who raised me was um, suicidal. I mean, this is like, all of the behind the closed door things that as a kid, you're just, you're just trying to get away from. And so through that, um, gosh, I mean, this is wild ride. I'm going to take you on tonight. Take, I would learn myself better right through this and to understand better. And so I just feel like I was put on a path of self-discovery and healing just very, very early for some reason. You know, adoptees tend to take that route of hyper performer. I'm so worthy. You can't get rid of me or it, it winds up in addiction. And so my mother was uh, an alcoholic. Um, I have family members that are very you know, functional alcoholics. And so I was around all of that. So I was like, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going that route. But being that perfectionist has overwork issues and um, over caring issues that lends to yeah. burnout. And through all of these things, you know, between going to therapy, I was a dance major. So body movement was so powerful to my empowerment and confidence that looking back, going to college, becoming a dance major was very healing initially for me. I left there, ended up with a career in uh, fitness and wellness. And I took a path from there into Pilates. And that was a space that very few people were in at that time. So I'm 45 and that was in my 20s, right? And so that was before it was a thing. It was before the boom of fitness yeah. really happened. Yeah, it was before yeah. Remember, yoga just exploded. So there was a bit of like people were looking for people to teach Pilates. Hardly anybody knew what it even was. I already knew the work. It was a part of our dance program in college. And 
I was lucky enough. The world set me on a path. I always say that the universe really pushed me into that path. I didn't really have a whole lot to do with it. I checked in with my gut, you know, as, as I went, but I, I had, you know, fitness facilities that I was working for offer to pay for my first set of certifications and immediately put me nice. to work. And nice. as a, yeah. So there was for a while, this very, like, uh, very felt like ordained path of things, you know, that it was just one step after the other. When I started teaching Pilates, people would see me on the lifting floor and they were like, we want you to train us. And I was like, I am not certified. I am not qualified. And people were like, I don't care. Like we see you. And I was like, I don't really think that's how this is, should work. Um, and so I got certified, you know, so rather than have, I did wait tables. I definitely bartended, but rather than have to be a performer who did those things, I got to teach Pilates and personal train. Wow. Came a point in my career as uh, someone who identifies as female and a female vessel and as a dancer that you just take a lot of hits and a lot of shame and judgment of, yeah. you know, what you look like. And I thought, I don't know how much longer I can do all the rejection, which of mm. course, knowing how it's sourced in the adoption issues, you know, sure. and I loved teaching. I just love teaching. And so I thought I actually get to make an impact on people's lives. And we think fitness and wellness, and it's all aesthetic. I, I've been really, really blessed to work with incredible people. And because I was in fitness facilities when I taught, I would end up with people who had injuries or issues in their body that nobody else knew what to do with and were terrified to work with. So wow. I had clients off the bat who, you know, had been in motorcycle accidents and were partially paralyzed on, you know, a whole side of their body. And because Pilates is based in rehab work, I could start somewhere with them. And it was so powerful to see the connection between how small body adjustments or a body that all of a sudden isn't in pain anymore yes. transforms how people engage in the world. Yes. Right? Yes. And how they start to change their language or engage with other people and how it makes them braver to try other things outside of that realm. Yes. There's a fast forward, you know, for 20 I mean, approximately 20 solid years of my career that was just solely in movement. But knowing that as a personal trainer, I became a, a regional manager. I, I trained other trainers. I was responsible for sales. I ran a region. I ran a studio. Mm -hmm. You're always dealing with humans and people, right? So you're always dealing with emotions. Yeah. And yeah. as I say right now, you're always like, I think humans are just little traumas bouncing yeah. off of other traumas. <laughs> I agree completely. And so you end up really being, I'm not a therapist, by the way, but you end up in a role of holding a lot of emotional space for clients yes. and people. Yes. And so I, you know, there's this just transition that naturally took place into coaching and into mentoring simply because of the add up of all of the things that I've done and the calling of my soul Yeah. along the way, because fitness and wellness and coaching, we go, okay, I get that, you know, that witchy woo woo astrology channel just literally could not be contained. There was a point in my life that it was inauthentic to not state it and to not utilize it to be helpful. Yeah. Um, and it was a risk. It definitely had its bumps. It yeah. still does its times. And I made that transition to marrying, you know, those aspects of myself. And that's, I've, I've always had clients and an audience that allowed me to do so. It is such a blessing. And yeah. although it's been very challenging, I, just recognized how protected I have been in some very massively bumpy places and spaces. And that is the nutshell of how we ended up here and how I came to be here in this moment. I love it. I love that whole story. Cause I love that, that you really followed your gut that way, because I kind of feel in some ways, like, you know, I went down that addiction route, um, 
And, and I kind of feel when I look back and where I am today that I almost feel like that was the path that my soul took me in order to come to a lifetime of, of self-realization and actualization and true empowerment. And I can look back and you, you are able to take that picture of being able to recognize how generational things keep moving through and how, you know, I can see a lot of places in my own life, in my own family, where in my healing that this all had to happen so that I could heal in this way, this part of even our family, our generational patterns. And, and I think that sometimes we don't maybe give ourselves the credit for how we followed our intuition, because maybe it didn't turn out the way we thought it would. And I love that there's just that almost opposite dynamic between you and, and and me and and how things go and I just love watching somebody like move through that because it's like like you were just being the whole time and the universe just kept moving you through and I think what you do with unicorn wellness is so special because you do put all of that stuff together you know it is just such valuable information to to know what kind of seasons we're in and what the energies are going to be like when we're moving through a healing process and body movement. I never moved my body before I found you on Instagram. I never thought about moving my body that my body had anything to do with my energy. I thought Mm -hmm. that the arthritis and inflammation didn't have a clue that that had anything to do with all of that releasing trauma from the body. And so the way that you put all of that together is such a package of healing and growth that it's, I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. And so do you find, let's talk a little bit about that holding, trapping trauma in the body and how movement really helps to move that through. Maybe what it is, maybe some of the things it represents as, and then how movement can help move that long. It's fascinating. So there is actually a term now for it. It came out in the 70s. And I think it's having a moment right now, but somatic, right? This, these are somatics. And so there's two great books that again, have had a lot of visibility in the last probably five years. Um, the main one is called The Body Keeps the Score. This yeah. is Dr. James Vanderkolk, who has, you know, this beautiful, like, I mean, it's just massive research. Um, speak to it. And then Resma Menikin wrote a book called My Grandmother's Hands that's so beautiful that connects somatic healing to um, the experience in a black body um, connected to somatic healing. So somatic healing is really that the body keeps the score, such a great title of Dr. Vanderkolk's book, mm-hmm. but that every single experience that we have is stashed in our vessel. This is proven now. And it the body has memory. There's a cellular memory to our vessel. So anything traumatic that we have experienced, big T or little t, that's not for others to decide. That's for us to decide of how we experienced it. Yeah. If we haven't had proper space, place, support, anchors, knowledge, facilitators to process the trauma, that doesn't mean to understand. It gets stuck in our body. So then it's just there, right? And so then this speaks to traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, very different than Western medicine, that says any energetic, emotional stagnation that has not been cleared, processed, is again, becomes blockages, becomes health issues, becomes inflammation, becomes, becomes, because we are supposed to process emotions, mm-hmm. we're supposed to heal, and we're supposed to move things through. And so this stashed energetics is like, it, it is like magic to talk about it, honestly, because it's emotional storage in the cellular memory of our vessel. I mean, that's pretty oh, like, yeah. kind of like break yeah. it down. There really just has to be like, you hear it and there's a resonance and you go, that sounds like truth to me. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Because as you know, someone now on this side of things of teaching, I've always been such a sensitive vessel 
And I always would have these physical reactions to emotional experiences. And I really didn't understand it. Again, I got set on a path, got very lucky when I started teaching in LA. I was in LA. So you have all these healers and body work people. But the basics of somatics is that there are certain types of movement. Not all movement is created equally that then begin to constructively dysregulate the body. Okay. So we have stash trauma. If we accept that as truth, it's like stashed in our little body and we didn't know it's hidden in there. Or we know we've been through traumatic experiences and we're like, it's in there. I don't want to carry it around. Right. Then you go into some very mindful set of movements that are kind of like, I mean, literally shaking. Right. So here's like the, the science. That's the easiest one. When animals experience, this is primal. When animals experience a traumatic event that they survive. Okay. They will immediately go into shaking and dysregulation. Now that shaking and dysregulation is to release the trauma from stashing in their body. Mm. So as humans, right? It's so fascinating. I love it. Before I knew any of these things, right? I would go to yoga classes, do hip openers, and I'd be in hysterical tears on the mat. Freak myself out, freak teachers out. Nobody knew. I didn't ask if I could curse on here, so I won't. Like oh, nobody, okay. <laughs> like nobody knew what the <laughs> fuck to do with me. You know what I mean? And so then I felt like, okay, well, I know I feel better, but what was that, right? Mm. So emotional storage units in the body are in our hips. These are our like pockets to like shove shit down into. Uh. So hip openers are like, because I noticed this like system of it, like always being in my hips for me. Um, But somatics are anything that mindfully dysregulate your body to release what's willing to be released. Now, sometimes stuff comes out that's crying. That can be, you know, it could be laughter, you know, because like nervous laughter. It could be burps. This is one that like when you go work out and you have a heat release, this could be um, it, it's it could be screaming that like you feel like screaming, like rage that comes through. But it's, you know, Pilates is somatic work um, because it's a mindful I, I call it like microdosing your somatics in Pilates. Mm-hmm. It's very gentle. Like you're not going to go take a class and be like in tears typically. OK, unless your body is just so ready to release it that that light touch did it right uh, yeah but yeah you're really courting your vessel to release so shaking is the easiest one jumping is another one okay then like ecstatic dance like dance parties in your kitchen these are a great way to do it if you can lose yourself in it you know then you can really get in there. It returns us to primal expression, right? But Pilates does it. You know, emotional freedom technique, tapping. I don't know if Mm. you're familiar with that. Like tapping can do it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very microdosed calming sort of sensation too, you know. But anytime you're going for an energetic healing – this is opening up the vessel in certain ways to release it. But somatics is, is and the science of somatics is based in a physical practice. So there's so much language around regulating your nervous system right now. And this yeah. is something that I'm working on in a, a project um, outside of unicorn wellness right now, cause it lives there. But like, we think that, you know, these things are cerebral. If I just understand myself better, it will regulate my nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, you don't have to understand at all what's being released, what's stashed in there. Regulating your nervous system is a physical practice. Wow. Wow. Huge. Huge. Right. So this is like, again, this is mind blowing because I've, you know, had this unicorn wellness studio has been alive and well and like for 10 years, but trying to explain what I do to people has become 
like nearly an impossible task of like, it's just, you're just gonna have to be interested and you're gonna have to go try it. And then you can come talk to me. And then, you know, it's either people like love it and never leave or they're like, uh, that is just way too many layers there. And I just go, yeah. okay, cause I do real healing, right? So it all layers in together because we're a holistic system. We are physical, we are mental, we are emotional, right? Creatures. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to tend to it on all levels. But if you're really in it to win it for healing and you've got traumatic aspects of this lifetime that are really um, calling, heading towards a vessel practice and a somatic release, I mean, let's just do another because it changes yeah. everything. Like it literally just changes everything. And so on that list of pieces, right, of like simple ways to ask, access somatics, deep breathing is is probably the most accessible. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that like deep breathing will regulate your nervous system in a moment, but it yeah. won't heal it past that moment if you've got stash trauma in the vessel. Well, that makes sense. That's what right? makes sense why I've never been able to get that thing. So it's quick. Nice. More. And this is what I feel like is missing. And I appreciate your feedback at the beginning, too, about how it, things are accessible and practical, practical and applicable, right? Like to apply them. Because my neurofestive brain over the years, like I am an intelligent human and I grasp concepts. But we're in such a fast culture yes. that likes to sell things that we yes. are missing some of the depth of how healing actually happens. It's Thank a long game. It is. It is. <clears throat> it is. And With no destination. With no. no real destination. Yeah. Yeah. There's always these beautiful level ups and I feel like you get wind in the sails and you do have manifestations and you do have arrival celebration points that's usually precursor is the weird healing that came along. Before. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. comfortable again. It may um, resemble a shit show. Um, it, thank but, you. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's totally a shit show. And, you know, so I just feel like we talk about these pieces as like, Oh, let me, you know, cause we're a Western culture. And, and that says it's like, let me take the aspirin in 20 minutes. I'll be better. So that's the, do the deep breathing and you'll feel better. You know, yeah. go take yoga and you'll feel better. Yes, that's not going to heal the root cause. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, 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 and that's, that's what, you know, when my recovery journey started, there was just something within me that knew that that was going to have to be the key. You know, I stayed in an addiction for like, seemed like most of my life, 22 years. And there just mm -hmm. came this moment where I thought, if I'm going to do this this time in behind like a nine month relapse, it saved my life. But if I'm going to do this this time, something has to change. Like I got to get to the roots of what is so overwhelming to me. And my yeah. body was experiencing so much trauma because for the most part, I was uh, addicted to opioids. So no matter how bad I, my brain said, we, we've got to stop doing this and, you know, quit. It's not good for you. You're going to die. All the things. It would be like three days. And then my body would just say, nope, we're not doing this at all. We can't handle this because the body would get involved and then the mind... <laughs> And then the freedom that came in a moment of realizing that I was not my mind and that the body was experiencing all that trauma I was reliving every day, every time I was thinking about it was just, just like blew my world open that there's yeah. a choice, but in the journey, like you you do level to places and i'm glad you're sharing information like this because i think it's really applicable for everybody no matter what part of the healing journey they're in to have this movement information early if you are or where you are like i've been working on self-worth and 
confidence and all the things, the, the boundaries and familial stuff. And I'm just now at a place where I start to care about my body enough to do these things. What is it? Do you think that sometimes stops us, lets us have the resources in front of us? We have this feeling we want to go this route, but then there's just this something that we never take the action. What do you think that is? Well, I think the root is the wound of worthiness. I think we've been so far removed from our sacredness. Yes. Because, and and this is like, oh, I've got an answer. You know, I mean, this is the answer I'm attached to right now because it is one that comes up a lot. And, you know, there's so many that are like, I know what to do, but why do I not do the thing? And I want to do the thing. You know, I just think our culture is so like it is just generations of trauma. And so we're so far removed from the sacredness of a body in a vessel. So it's been said, and I'll say it here so that it's heard in your audience. And I think that they'll receive it well is that, you know, our body really is heaven on earth. You know, our soul is divine. It's sacred. It's magical. It's what makes us us. It's indescribable. We can pinpoint it. I mean, whenever anyone talks about magic or the non-belief, I'm like, it's just different language. You know what I mean? Like, it's just language. Like, it's an inex. This is the inexplainable thing. Where the fuck do we come from? We don't know where else we're going. Some of us channel things that we really believe in, and others are like. I don't know. So I think that although we know we're so much more than this physical vessel, our soul actually doesn't totally know that this is the sacred temple, right? This is what protects the soul and allows us to have a human experience. And so when you get into tending to it and you can start to connect to it, you're like, Oh, Oh, weird like then it's just life gets really weird right yeah but i think the reason we don't is that because our culture just has really done a number on we're not sacred we're not special we're not holy you know the separation between us and like i don't i don't prescribe to religion i deeply prescribe to spiritual narratives of any and all kinds because as humans we need a narrative you know, it's how do you show up as a human in this lifetime? How do you treat other people? What do you do with that narrative? They're all valid to a point. Mm -hmm. And I think certain narratives have really kept us in fear, kept us in um, marginalization, kept us oppressed, and has really done like its job to think that we're lesser than we need forgiveness. We need saving. Yeah. We need, you know, like, oh, I mean, that's a big answer, but I, I just think we don't. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I think we're, we don't know our sacredness anymore. And so how could you take care of the temple? Like my brain really does that. Like it always thinks about like sweeping the temple steps every day. And I don't always want to work out or move my body or do my somatic healing. I really don't. Mm -hmm. But I know at this point in my life now that it one has kept me alive. It has absolutely prevented me from having a nervous breakdown or committing suicide. That is truth. You know, and I'm just better for it. You know, there was a really interesting experience at the gym today. I, we go to the gym because my oldest asked if I would, lift with him and train him this year, which was super cool. So and what mom was awesome. gonna say that. <laughs> like, That's so awesome. That's so awesome. You know, and I was yeah. like, okay, but here's the deal. You're gonna do 30 minutes Pilates on the mat before every lifting session. Like we'll we'll do the real awesome. deal. You know, awesome. we're such an oddity at the gym. Like you can tell people think we're cute and it's really cute, but like <laughs> Got their eye on us. What is happening over here? <laughs> and one of the trainers came up today and she goes, you could tell she was hesitant to like interrupt. And it was very sweet. And she goes, what? She goes, can I, she was struggling, you know, with the language. And I was like, it's okay. You can ask whatever you want to ask, you know? And she was like, well, what kind of athletes are you that you're so committed to foam rolling? Mm. And I thought, oh, 
Well, um, I said, I, I took the short answer out of like, I, I teach Pilates, you know, to just like infer that I know the value of it. Yeah. To invest. But even I had a moment of pause because I went, oh, how funny. A coach and a trainer who's looking at me thinks that we're doing this because we're training for something to win or to compete. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing this for my self-care and for my mental health. And because it's like brushing my teeth at this point. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I my mindset is so far. Like, I, I feel like I don't know how to human sometimes. Like, my mindset <laughs> is so far in a different place. Like, I did not know how to answer that question. <laughs> wow. Wow. That That is so, I just think that that's, so amazing that that you're in that space that you've done this work for so long that this is a non-negotiable for you yeah. you know and i i am in such agreement with that wound of worthiness because if you know i i i often say people don't do to their bodies what a lot of substance use addiction people do to their bodies yeah. and in and, and that is a real wound of worthiness not People don't just, you know, mainline stuff they buy from a street corner with a, without wounded worthiness. And we feel like that's what we deserve. And, you know, I think that it's okay. And this is what I think I'm, I'm really coming to and, and hearing from here. Like, I think it's okay for us to get to that space. Like when we're there, I think we're constantly grow. Like I'm so interested in my body this year, last year, not so much. I was in, you know, I was like, really, there was, I was on another task, you know, my soul had me on another task, but this year, and, and I, that was worthiness and I've been working on it this year and, and everything. And so I'm getting to the place where, oh, I got to take care of this. Like, I can't just take care of this and, you know, my emotions and not take care of my body because yeah. that doesn't even, I'm missing a big part of the heaven. And we're, it's interesting to be in this, like in my place in, in my career of like cycles, do you know, like a cycles of news or cycles of info or cycles of research or like yeah. what, you know, especially since like I've been in an online space for, you know, 14 years, that's, I'm like the OG, you know, yeah, like, the old like I am not into this other stuff. I'm not participating, yeah. but like <laughs> how it has transitioned and changed and I'm not mad at it. It's just fascinating because you know, the research for body movement just in itself, when we're talking about, you know, depression and anxiety, which my entire life I have managed swings of both, that the research still states, you know, that movement, working out, moving your body for 30 minutes a day doesn't even have to be intense, is more successful at regulating the symptomatic swings of those things than antidepressants. And I am not down on medication. I do like right. we recruit whatever we need to recruit at whatever right. points we need to do to stabilize us. Yeah. And don't we want the highest amount of success rate? So like if we're looking at data and research, like it's over there. So yeah. when we talk about this, like when somebody asks me that question, I'm just in deep, right? Like I started I had the opportunity, it really was a blessing to begin doing Pilates at the age of 18. My movement journey, I wasn't an athlete in school. I did dance for a while. There was a natural affinity to it, but I, it wasn't the bulk of my life. So I, it's not like I was moving and being conditioned and being coached this whole time. I came to dance very late. And in fact, I had people tell me I couldn't and I shouldn't. Don't ever tell me I can't because then I'm going to go prove somebody wrong, right? But it's just been this really beautiful blessing. So muscle memory is a thing and the condition of what you do is what you do. So that's why it's so powerful for my kids to see it. I've never tried to push. I mean, I definitely invite, but they need to come to it on their own, but they also need to know it in their body on their own. That's why that was the condition of exchange for coaching and training of like, I get what you want and you can have that, but you have to know this other stuff in your vessel also. Perfect. And so when people when we as humans avoid taking care of our body, that separation from our sacredness, we have been raised in a culture that commodifies us. Yeah. We think our value and our worth comes from what we produce and what kind of accolades we rack up. As somebody yeah. who like 
majored in that literally <laughs> like you know that's a hard sell of value and worthiness and the third that i witness with clients for the last 25 years and this is no shade and shame but you know the the mother wound and the father wound like we have not had caregivers and this isn't about trying to shame or blame them this is literally not so we're going to have to separate you know what that out of the equation. We just have not been raised in a culture where we have had caregivers that we witnessed either take care of themselves. They yes. did not have the resources, the access, the, you know, they didn't even know that was a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if we don't m- witness modeled behavior, we seriously don't know how to do it. So and two, if we haven't had caregivers who really cared for us, nurtured us, most of our culture is in survival mode. And that again is no shade, no shame, none. It just is. It just is. And so if you haven't experienced it, you don't know how to do it for yourself. And then you get to be an adult and you feel like for those of us who have experienced a lot of trauma, right? We're like, we've been adulting since we were children. We're fucking tired. So then when we hear that we have to do more work on ourselves, you're like, fuck this. Like that sounds like 10 more things on the to-do list. Yeah. Even if you get your brain to a place, you know, and it's for all of the time that I've spent with clients, it is simply a matter of not giving up and continuing to try and return to the places and spaces that you're called to. You know, it's like, well, I've done this thing so many times. Yeah. Well, maybe you needed to do it 17 before it kicked in. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all like, as you said, you know, some, some years were called to work on other things more deeply. But as we learn to sew all of them together, right, they all support each other. If your vessel feels good. I mean, I went through massive healing issues, too. I have celiac. I had a thyroidectomy, you know, yeah. so I had a crisis in my body big yeah. time, more than a few that I thought I was going to die. And although I'd had suicidal ideations a couple points in my life, I didn't want to. At that point, I had children and I was terrified, you yeah. know. And I thought I literally will do anything to move through this. And so that, you know, like you said, that you feel like your path now of addiction is really what your soul needed in this lifetime to get you to this point. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's not like I went through all the things I went through and it's been easy breezy. And I just picked up all these pieces. Right. Right. For a long time. There was another very heavy point in my life in my early, you know, late twenties, early thirties. Thank you. Saturn return. Um, (laughs) It was like, hyper intense. I don't even share that story without prepping people because it shuts the whole room down, you know? And it's like, that was a moment my vessel could not take anymore and just went into complete meltdown mode. And so I've always been very, there has always been this tiny voice and it's not my intuition. I think I have been protected. I I think it has been guardian angels and guides Mm -hmm. and just, um, I've, I'm not adverse to taking medication, but that's never my first stop on something. Yeah. And yeah. so I just really literally tried one of everything to try to get myself in a more stable space before I had to do those other things. And some of those other things I have to do, and I still take medication, you know, right. like for the like thyroid. Thyroid. Yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. Yeah. This has been, I have been, I'm a, um, I'm a Capricorn son. And for the past 15 years, that's what this has been. And I'm so grateful for this new planetary shift, even though it's coming back a little bit next, next year. I'm so fucking grateful. Because please, this get been, out, right? get out. please go, please. It is like, I have felt like I've just been a ball bounced and bounced since the end of 07. Yes. And it, you know, even understanding that, even that with that, us talking about astrology within the healing journey when i finally understood what that meant that oh yeah. 
Pluto went into, you know, into your sign at this time, I thought, well, no fucking doubt then. This fucking makes sense now. Now I got some hope this shit's gonna end. I just gotta keep going. And it's been so much about, you know, self-actualizing and, and I don't know, like acceptance of myself. It's like, for me, like, I feel like, like being a transgender human on this earth at this time, I've, I've known that like, I've had this whole different deal with my body since I was like four. Yeah. So I spent most of those years labeling myself as God's little joke. And it's like five years ago, I felt that that was, it was time, you know, to step through that. It just wouldn't leave me alone. Of course, then it lined up and that's the way it is. But I, I feel like just the weirdest person on earth because I'm at such a place of acceptance within my body at this point that I think I want to make it a world where it's okay for me to have this crazy outlandish like transgender journey. Like I don't want it to be like a man's journey or a woman's journey. Like I want it to be this journey because this is fucking wild. Like hands down, this is fucking wild. And again, it shows up at this time and then all of this stuff starts playing out and and I see all these children experiencing this kind of trauma and, and seeking for stuff and, you know, looking for identities to try on. And it's, it's, it's exciting and it's scary at the same time. That's why I think that so much of what, what you do helps people no matter what area you're looking for healing in. I just think that you have the full package with what that with what you give out in just a healing journey. So if somebody wanted to just start something, like starting to move their body in some way, say they're like me and they're just going to break into it, like where would you start to begin to open up? I always say just on a, on a movement journey, walking. I mean, we are, you know, we're a physical body. We are designed to move and we've made it really complicated. (laughs) We've made it really complicated. We've made it really complicated. And it's like, (laughs) just take a walk. And I know that sounds like, okay, but that motion, like walking is such a beautiful, like moving meditation of getting us out of our seats. It oils, you know, and lubricates the joints. It, it assists our digestive system, you know? So like, on a, like here, let's marry the practical with the magical and like how to get started. If you can figure out how to do like a 10 minute walk after every meal you have, that will change your life. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because it creates this environment for your digestive system to go, oh, okay, and move things along. Now, I say that, and in our own house, we don't do that. But it's I've, I've really moved clients into that if they're terrified of getting on the mat because Pilates is a thing, um, and, and we've just created a thing out of fitness and movement. But walking 10 minutes after a meal is so healing. Like we're talking healing here. We're not talking, we're not even talking fitness. We're like, how do we move energy, right? Because energetics get stashed in the body. I always talk about getting on the mat with me as like a little broom sweeping out all the crappy energy of today or yesterday or what somebody else friggin' dumped on you, you know, so that you can get back to like your own self. You're like, what do I feel about it? What do I think about it? Yeah. So a walk is so lovely. It's, you know, like, Again, not to be ableist, but if you are able, that's what we're designed to do. So what we're designed to do. 10 minutes, snail's pace is so good for you. Like it's not a competition. It's not about fitness. If you did want to move that forward and up 15 minutes of even very snail pace, moderate movement, which is what I do sometimes, right? Like it gets your brain engaged, like in the endorphin space. Like that 15 minute marker is where you start to hit some of those pieces of, of endorphins. And then, you know, once you've created a pattern, so I always talk about self-care that sticks. Any new habit is really about layering patterns, right? I I teach to the long game. You want to start real slow. You want to do it twice a week. If you can do twice a week successfully for four weeks, 
then you add a third day. Then you do three days a week for four weeks. If that went well, add another day. You know, because everybody goes, oh, I want to get connected to my body. I'm going to do five to seven days a week. Yeah. And I <laughs> I was like, no, you didn't. Go yeah. cancel and get money back. Stop that shit. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Right? Love it. And I think that play is another great place if you have real resistance, because I love that, you know, you're, you're sharing like having a trans vessel is like, I think, <laughs> I really do think it's so gorgeous because it's such the spectrum of our parts just fully integrated in yeah. like glorious shamelessness. Like there is no shame. This is just me. Why is everybody yeah. so up and open about it? Right. Like, right. It's just, right. These are the parts I got. This is how I identify. This is how I feel. Whatever. Yeah. Like, right. So gorgeous. But it's also can be, I mean, I have a lot of people in my life that I'm very close to that I've been able to witness the pain of having a vessel that doesn't match how you feel. Yes. Yes. And so that's very traumatic to be reminded. So, you know, staying away from body work is a very normative experience in mm. that space because it can be very dysregulating and not a good way. So yeah. whatever. So I think that play is another way to do things, to get back to that inner child, like things that you like to do when you were a kid, like, was that hopscotch? Was that a jump rope? Was it roller skating? Roller skating's having such a moment, right? Yeah. Like yeah. just do something that's fun. That's awesome. And, and silly and start to build trust with your body, right? What I love about lifting is that the way I rolled into it was with a very, um, he's, I, he's my brother from another mother. He, you know, now works, he works for us at Unicorn Wellness. Sean Keith, he's our accounts manager. He was my first trainer. He was the person wow. who was like, you could do this. And I was like, what? This is so weird. But being a female on the lifting floor in those times too was it's still, I'm often the only female there, you know, yeah. and the trust that I've built in my own body through that, that's an intimidating space. I think it, it's not so much anymore in a good mm -hmm. way, but I used to be very intimidated to be on that floor alone. You know, wow. I don't do, what if I hurt myself? People are going to think I'm stupid. Are they going to come talk to me? Is somebody going to come hit on me? Please don't, please don't talk to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like real yeah. deal. Like, yeah. I'm just, move my body um <laughs> that the trust you can build with your vessel you know it, it's there for you how it moves how it typically reacts to stuff and again going kind of full circle in this conversation when i started teaching pilates to clients to see someone's face light up when they could finally do something they'd never been able to do before so well oh it's gotta be like so cool. And we're talking sometimes micro movements because these were very injured bodies, you know, and I busted my hip in my twenties. I couldn't walk for a period of time. Like I was on crutches and it just, you know, this is coming from a body that danced and being able to walk without crutches, being able to jog a little bit that I wasn't in pain. This is life-changing stuff. Like, yeah, the tiny is the mighty and we've just gotten so far away from our sacredness, our inherent worthiness and like how cool it is to be in a body. Like we can do stuff if we want to. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And so cool. Well, I, I mean, I just, I feel so full because that trust thing really feels just right learning to trust that you know the vessel and learning to trust and be okay within a vessel that you're right very wounded for a very long time and so uh, i'm i'm just full I, i'm so full and i'm so grateful tell us about your podcast because your podcast i just love your podcast because uh, you share so much that is just so helpful in these seasons, you know, in the way that you break down, I was listening to the latest episode today and, and the way that you break down the season and how you can move with the attributes of that season and way, the way you were explaining, cause we, we all do, we get caught on our sun sign, you know, we just, cause it's the easiest thing to get to and we can stay in that energy, but you just bring this 
really well-rounded way. So tell us about your podcast. I love it. The Magic Spark is and was she's really like a year and a half old. So she's, she's a new, new little soul in the world. She was my reignition of my creativity and my, my soul path of just creating content because I wanted to just because I, I wanted it in the world. Um, so <laughs> I love your feedback and your reflection if it's helpful in the breakdown of it, because um, the goal, the the consistent episodes, because I swing in my schedule, there's just a lot of shifts. I am a mom of two. We have a business that's 10 years old. There's a lot going on over here. Yeah. And yeah. I make adjustments, you know, for the household and the family first that's and nice. energetics and my energy swings. So the podcast, the, the, the two tried and true episodes are at the season, right? So we're in Libra season right now. And I love to take people through like just the basics of the season, right? We get stuck on our sun sign. I'm very attached to it. And it's usually the one that we know. But if we just lived presently in the season, you know, foods shift the way that um, the, the seasons shift, you know, the temperature shifts. So just like we would need to transition our clothing just a little bit per season, the energetics of what we need in each season shifts. And so they all have a balance and an imbalance, an exaltation and like a challenge and a lesson to learn. Um, and Libra season is the exaltation is equitable communication, like feeling heard, using your voice, you know, to stand up for yourself or to make sure you're heard and seen in places like it. Yes, we want others to open up those spaces, of course. Um, and we need to know how to advocate for ourselves as well. Um, and so that like, using your voice, communicating better. This is a great season to do some linguistic swaps of like language that you use, watching your words. Um, Cause I always say every word we speak is a spell. And I know that small transitions and how I presented things um, shifted, you know, these were major shifts in my growth spurt. So yeah. my favorite one up to people is, you know, how we apologize all the time. I'm so sorry. I'm late. I'm so sorry. I asked that question. I'm sorry. Yeah. I took up the space. I'm sorry. You know, and it yeah, sounds so yeah. silly, but if you can start to transition those two, thank you for your patience. Mm. Thank you for holding that space for me. Yeah. I feel really awkward, but thank you for receiving this. Mm. I mean, so notice different. how the energy shifts already. Yeah, completely different when we quit apologizing for ourselves. So this goes to the wound of worthiness of like simple tactics of like how to build on that. So Libra season has us in an awareness of words and communication. When we talk, right? Is it understood? Do we feel understood? Do we feel held? Do we feel heard? And when you're talking to other people, can you hold space for them? Did that land? Is there like a juice here, you know, that's working or is it really not working? Yeah. The imbalance of Libra of what to be on the lookout for is people pleasing and codependency. Because uh. Libra at its worst wants everything to be okay and wants it to be fair for everybody. And I want fairness. And yet, unfortunately, that's typically not possible in like a hundred hundred, right? If you've got a hundred, yeah. it's to try to make it 50 50 that's cool but anybody who's ever been in any kind of partnership knows that sometimes it's 1090 and yeah. sometimes it's 51 and you're like yeah okay you just <laughs> want to make sure that at some point you know someone's holding space for you and has your back in the long game so this one of the funnest you know most fun silly things about libra season is like glamour magic libra loves a well curated look you know mm. in the home the clothes so yeah. that in this and you may feel like switching things up a little bit. You know, what you wear really does matter, right? It, it, you feel different in different things. Yeah. So this is a wonderful season to try new things and to try to not have attachments to it. Like, you know, just go put it on. Do yeah. you feel different? Cool. Or was that like entirely awkward and never want to do that again? Okay. Then don't yeah. You know, um, and those are, you know, just big things that anyone can lean into of little practical tactics. But yes, on the podcast, I talk through each of those things every season. 
I always offer up the channeled energetics and information that I'm feeling and receiving to share as like what we're supposed to be working with and growing through in that particular season. And then I followed up with more practical tactics of like what essential oils or what crystals. And that seems pretty normative to everybody these days. But, you know, different things, seasons call for different things, right? It's not a one stop. And the hallmark of my workouts is that different seasons need different movement patterns. So like, you know, in wow. Capricorn season, Capricorn rules, you know, the lower body. And so you're going to see more leg work, more stability, more um, squat, more like, you know, things that build strength and stability to make it up that mountain. And yeah. in Pisces season, you're going to need a little more fish pose and a little more Pilates flow, you know, because it's going to need that space to wander and wow. to swim. So we go through the energetics, we go through uh, practical tactics, how to harness it. Um, we go through my channel, uh, you know, of, of channeled intuitive information and a separate podcast is a tarot reading for the season. So a card to guide us through it. That it's awesome. I love it. Gosh, I'm so grateful that you're in the world at the same time that I'm in the world. It just, I, I love it so much. It's you, you inspire me just greatly. You inspire me because the very, the very open type of just healer that you are is something very, you know, endearing to me about that. And it's, I, I feel like I, I want to give the same type of, of well-roundedness to, that's why I stay in the recovery community because I want to offer that well-rounded healing aspect versus just the get clean and sober, you yeah. know, because that doesn't usually work. And, and that's what happens when people get clean and sober for 30 years and then are overtaken and they never went any deeper. And they find themselves back out there. You know, I just think that healing is so important and love the it, way you do it. I just appreciate that because it is the hallmark for as many transitions in my career as I've had. You know, I do follow that intuition and where the growth spurt is and where the weird pivot is. And it's all anchored in healing. I mean, that's really, that's what I do. And I try um, and I and I have been able to make it as accessible and practical as possible because as as magical as I am, um, it's not ungrounded, right? We're still human. We still have food, water, shelter. You got to pay your damn bills. Like there is yeah. inequity in this world. Some things are unsafe. We need to be aware of that, right? That's why I identify as a witch rather than a light worker because. Yeah. Uh, spiritual bypassing, spiritual whitewashing, that's not healing. Right. Yeah. That's, that's that like trying to grit it and pretend. And that's usually a lot of privilege. And that's usually a very cis normative white experience in the world. And that's not everybody. And yeah. that's not what healing is. So I just, I appreciate. I appreciate you and I appreciate this invitation and the opportunity to connect. And I'm so grateful it resonates, you know, cause I felt like, you know, I've been a weirdo in all my places, meaning like people just don't get it and it's okay. You know, I've had to like head down that path of like, I present very Aquarian, I think, um, you know, which is that like opposition of, of Leo of like, well, I mean, I finally just came to terms with it. I'm in a really good spot right now, by the way, but like definitely had some like dark nights of the soul. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like why? And now I'm like, I just can't do it the way anybody else does it. You know, hence partially the unicorn. Like mm -hmm. if you're, you know, if you don't blend in, you really were born to stand out. And when yes. you stand out, this puts us sometimes, you know, places in leadership where we didn't particularly ask for it. And then you're there and you're like, oh, okay, well, what do I want to do with this? And I just am grateful because, you know, I don't prescribe to the gender norms of, of 
of females in a lot of aspects. And I am very clear that some people have no use for me <laughs> in those places because I'm not here to please them and make them comfortable. <laughs> not to say the thing, but <laughs> them. Um, so I'm, I'm I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for just coming because this has just been so enriching and I know that it's going to land in our audience. And, and, you know, my, my, my prayer, my intention was that it, that it land exactly in the areas that every different soul watching needs. And I think we've covered so much here. You've left me with a page full of notes that I'm going to get busy incorporating into my life, you know, cause we like to complicate it, but I appreciate you making it so easy, you know, mm-hmm. and making it real. Cause when you're, when you want to be, when you're about healing, that's what it is. It's gotta be real. It yeah. can't just be a program and that's it. So I invite you all to go and check out unicornwellnessstudio.com and hook up with Tandy on Instagram at Tandy underscore Gutierrez and the Magic Spark podcast on iTunes and Spotify and just get as much Tandy as possible so you can just get that healing journey going and moving. And uh, I'm so full. I, I thank you so much for being here. It's just been amazing. Too amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And keep coming with your authentic self. It is so appreciated. So very appreciated. Thank you. Awesome. Love you. You are just amazing. All right, everybody. Until next week, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for watching. Please do all the things that we have to ask you to do so that this message can grow out. And um, hook up with Tandy. Come back and see me next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday night, Soul Session, live with me, LC, and this week's guest, Tandy Gutierrez. It's been a blast. Y'all have a great one. Bye. (laughs) 